um, <clears throat> I have something that, man, <clears throat> this is going to be good. Be with me on this. Um, so I really f- feel like this is something that God wanted me to share with you all today. And it talks about weapons. Yeah. So we have some people that grew up in Texas, right? Yeah. And then we got, have some that got here as soon as we could, right? Yeah, that's, I, I grew up in Colorado, but we get here. <clears throat> and and what is, what's the big deal about Texas? Uh, everything's bigger in Texas. And uh, we, we probably have people that are going, are, are participating in our freedom to do something here this morning that I'm going to talk about. To carry weapons, right? And you don't have to raise your hand or anything because it might need to be concealed or something. I don't know. But, but there's a reason why we, we, we carry weapons. It's for defense, isn't it? It's, it's because somebody else is carrying a weapon. So somebody else is, is wanting to impose upon our freedom in some way, right? So we, we, we carry weapons. And so I want to talk about weapons today, though, because, um, you know, uh, there's a perspective we need to have with regard to what we've received in Christ that we are not without weapons. <laughs> How many have ever felt attacked? <laughs> all right. And all the dishonest ones, you can now raise your hand. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. We all, we all feel attacked from time to time, don't we? But, but um, uh, we are not without a response. And uh, so, so I want to talk about, about uh, weapons and strategies of, of uh, armies and, and battles. And so um, what I really want to focus on is what our weapons are as opposed to what our enemy's weapons are. And I, and I want to talk about this with regard to just battle plans in, in, in particular. And I was watching something recently, uh, and it was about the Second World War. It was about when Germany was coming into France. Anybody study this? It's, it was the Battle of, what do you, I don't, I'm not going to say this right. We got some French people, right? Um, Ardennes, how, how do you say that? It's, it's A-R-D-E-N-N-E-S. It, there's a forest there in France. And in France considered this to be impenetrable. They, they, they thought that was like a wall for them, that, that no enemy's going to try to come through there. And, and so um, that very thing is what Germany used to, to penetrate their forces because they were weak right there. And so they used a perceived security to actually access them and to completely uh, destroy them. Now they got beat later on in the Battle of the Bulge, but but I, I thought that was so interesting. They thought it would take weeks to get through this forest, and Germany got through it, and I think it was fifty-seven hours. All their tanks, <laughs> they just busted right through there. And what did they do? They used deception, didn't they? they used a a, something that was perceived as this, and they were able to access. Their weapons were good, but you know what? They wouldn't have been able to access unless they had another weapon of deception. And that's one of the strongest things used in, in war. 
It's like when they were getting ready for D-Day, what was the biggest secrecy was when we're going to do it and where we're going to do it. And, and, and so what they do is they'll, they'll do like a, a deceptive thing over here to, to, to get your attention over here. And they were actually doing, I think, I think uh, Germany actually thought that they were going to attack at a different location. And they still got beat up really bad. They still had, but that element of deception was a weapon in itself. Can you see this? Because this is so important for us to understand that uh, our enemy has some stuff he can do to us, but his weapon of choice is deception. It's the only one that he can really defeat us with, okay? So we need to understand this, that there's things going on in our minds when we're experiencing something that is causing us to be attacked to be overwhelmed, it's, there, there's a reality in it, but what it, he's really wanting to attack is our mind. And if he can get our mind, he can get, he can get access to the whole shooting match. <laughs> and he can bam, bam, bam away if he can get past our ability to see who we really are, okay? So I want to just go through some of this today because it's very important for us to, to understand what he's coming at us with and to understand that it might look like he has something, but we have way more. <laughs> here's, here's kind of what's going on in our country even today. I, you know, I've, I've heard somebody, uh, I mean, for a long time ago, but even recently, that, that our enemies... Eventually, if we keep going down the path we're going, we're going to hand over the keys without a shot. Why? Not because we're not, we don't have weapons. It's because we're handing it over to deception. <laughs> what makes our country great is not nuclear bombs. What makes our country great is our faith, our family, right? And our freedom. And it's amazing how the attack against our country is, is not missiles flying through the air. It's lies, deceit, and the removal of the ability to say the truth. Can you see that? <laughs> now, that's just an example. And man, it's so blatant right now. And it's amazing what just a few years, <laughs> just a few years ago, our whole country just gave up all our freedom. Over a great deception, you know? And, and right now, I can get canceled in some way just for saying this. Why? Because the liar must remove the truth. That's part of his strategy. <laughs> okay? That's a great example. But you know what? Each one of us are encountering this very same tactic on a daily basis. Here's part of the great deception. It's like, <laughs> okay, I'll just tell on myself a little bit. <clears throat> um, sometimes I'll spend the night up here at the church. I, I, it's, we live a little bit of a distance, so sometimes it, it's an advantage for me to be here. And uh, I had this, this Jeep, and I thought this Jeep was uh, all locked up. But Jeeps have back gates that I forgot to lock the back gate. And I had it parked over here in a place that I thought was kind of concealed and everything. It was okay. And somebody came and stole my wallet. They crawled through the back gate, stole my wallet, 
when I thought it was okay. I thought it was safe. I thought all the doors were locked. I thought, when does the enemy come? He comes when we think we're safe. He, thinks, he comes when, when we're, our guard is not up, when the doors aren't locked, when, we're, <laughs> when we have a false security, right? And it's like, I just, you feel like you're just violated, you know? <laughs> they come in and just take stuff. And that's what our enemy, every day he's looking for this. He, what's he looking for? He, he looks for a, a false sense of security that we might have. And I'm sorry, but as Christians, we can also have that. That I, I was saved a long time ago. Now God's just got his, his barrier over me and his banner over me is love. And so nobody can get to me now. No, no. Our enemy is against us big time. And... His, our vulnerability is our mind. It's not, it's not anything else that's coming against us. And we'll see partly why this is true, okay? He's wanting to tell us some lies. So let's look at 2 Corinthians eleven three. So right from the beginning, remember the very first transgression. How did it take place? All right, let me read this first. 2 Corinthians eleven three. But I fear, I thought we weren't supposed to be afraid of nothing. <laughs> but, but Paul, he said, I'm concerned about this because I know how you are. He, these are converts of Paul. Don't you think the converts of Paul would be pretty much slam dunk? They're going all the way to heaven. You know, everything's just going to be great all the way there. <laughs> and he says, no, I know, I know how humans are. I know how we are. I know how our enemy is, right? He says, I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. What happened? What happened to Eve? How simple was this? This was like a really simple thing, right? Don't eat this. What a liar always wants to do is to make it complicated. And he wants to say, but did he really say that? And, and this is the challenge. <laughs> this is the challenge for us as Christians. This is why, uh, you know, Psalm 1 says, I shall not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, sit in the seat of the scornful. I'll not be around those things where people are saying, but did God really say that? Yeah, come on. Why? Because as soon as your mind gets over into the questioning side about God. Now, we can have questions. God, what is the answer here? We're going to God for it. But as soon as you start questioning God, what are you doing? You're opening the door and saying, liar, come in with your weapons. Right? And Paul is concerned about that. He says, it, there's an area of your mind that is very susceptible. It's the vulnerable part. Remember those guys used to wear armor? You know, the armor would cover every part of their body. But... One arrow, if it went right in between that, that armor, it could go in there and it could kill him. I believe that's, that's kind of what David did, right? <laughs> His little stone went through all that armor, caught the guy right in the head, you know? <laughs> There's a vulnerable part of us that we have to be, we have to, like Paul, we, we're, not, we're not insecure, but we have to be aware. <clears throat> we can't just let things happen. Right? 
<clears throat> so this happened with Cain. So you would think Cain would have gotten the idea with his mom. Mom messed up at the, at the tree. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make that same mistake. <laughs> but it must have been in his genes. <laughs> and he passed it on to us in our genes. So we, oh, I was going to make a really stupid joke, but I won't say that. Okay. <laughs> so what happened with Cain and Abel? Right from the beginning, there's this, there's this need to respond to this amazing God we have with something more than just clapping or saying, God, you're great. Right from the beginning, it's built into our nature that when we come before such an amazing God, we bring an offering. We bring something that's in our hearts. Yeah. Amen? Now, we just did this, and we, and we said something about this. But this is how we're built. This is how we respond to a God like this, right? And so this is what, this is what Cain and Abel, they, they, they brought an offering, and, and um, his brother Abel brought animals, right? And for some reason, God was pleased with that, that he did not know yet. And he just brought uh, his crops, right? And what he didn't understand is that, that in the sacrifice of blood, is how sins are covered. He didn't understand that. And so what he start, what he became was offended towards God. And his offense towards God. God, my, my offering isn't good enough for you. So he started questioning God. He, he start, and, he, and he allowed anger. Anger is a choice of the mind. We don't have to get angry. <laughs> it's something we choose to do based upon something that our mind perceives to be wrong. Right? And so what, what Cain did is he allowed this. There is a spirit that comes with an admission of lies into our minds. It's an oppressive spirit. And it began to hover over him. And, he, and, and God could even see it. He said, what's this I see on your face? I see that an arrow is pierced. There, he's, it's come in. And now you are responding to a lie. Not is it only is it dangerous to you. Here is the thing. Satan wants to come in. He wants to, he wants to harm us. But through us, he's going to hurt somebody else. And that's what happened. Cain was the one that was wrong. But what did he do? He put the blame on Abel. So much so that he had to take his life. Here's what happens with a lie. And we're seeing this in our country. You'll see it every, you'll notice it in yourself. If you're starting to become vindictive towards somebody else. It's not just enough for somebody to want to live out a lie. They have to take down the opposition. They have to punish somebody else. You see this? Am I just spouting off? Or is it, this, this is how it happens, isn't it? And this is what happened to Cain. He said, it's not enough for me just to be wrong. I'm going to have to take out the one that I see as being the offender here. Right? Where did this happen, though? Let's read this. You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. So what's happening? What's happening when that lie came in? It said, you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to do something about this. This is what a lie always does, and this is what sin always does. Sin isn't just us doing something on our own. It's a deception of the mind. 
that I need to be gratified in this way, right? And this is an interesting statement. It says, sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. Here's what the enemy wants to do when he's, when he's firing vo- uh, his, his uh, volleys at us, when he's, he's, he's sending it. Uh, he's not just wanting to hurt us. He wants to control us. He wants to dominate. He wants us to be his. But you must subdue it and be its master. Now, God wouldn't have told Cain to do this if he wouldn't have been able to. Right? He said, you can do this, but you're going to have to do it. Here's what I want to challenge us with right now. Is there are weapons we've been given that we're going to have to do something with them. Or we're going to be controlled by the weapons that are coming against us. Now, we can get through, we can get through life maybe, but we're not going to be walking in the victory that's ours. Right? Okay, let's keep going here. <clears throat> so, who is our enemy? He's the devil, isn't he? Okay, let's see, see what his weapons are. Let's just look at these real quick. <clears throat> and you can say, well, man, he took this and he took that and he took that. But here is, is his weapon of choice. Let's look at what it is. First Peter 5, 8. Be sober. What is that? What is sober? When you got control of your thoughts, right? Why is it so dangerous to, to, to partake of substances that cause you to lose control of your thoughts? Because that's where you're vulnerable. That's one of the biggest reasons you, you abstain from some of those things. It's not because of the, the thing itself, but because of what it makes you vulnerable to. You'll, you'll begin to say things. You'll begin to participate in things. that it, When you're in your right mind, you never go there. Right? That's why he says, be sober. What is that? It doesn't mean necessarily be free from alcohol. It means have your wits about you. Have you ever been unsober, having not partaken of anything? You just kind of wake up in a fog. <laughs> you know, it's like you don't have to stay there. You can do something about it. Yeah, you can awaken yourself. <laughs> be vigilant, because who? Your adversary. We have an adversary. Can you say I have an adversary? You know what's really good about saying I have an adversary? Is now you can do something about it. <laughs> when you just think stuff's happening to you, it's like, oh man, what, this is just a terrible day. No, you have an adversary and you can do something about it. Right? <laughs> Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so there's so many different takes on this. You can say, well, he's a toothless lion. The camera. No, he's actually a lion that can bite you. But he, until he can roar at you and get you to believe his lie, you will not allow him to get close to you. So I, was, I just thought, I thought it was a little different. Maybe let's take, let this be a take that we have on this, okay? What is the substance of his roar? And let's look at, at John 8, 44, okay? So what is the substance of his roar? Why is he roaring? Because it's with his roar that he finds lie vulnerability. Will you respond to his roar? What's he saying in that roar? You belong to your father, the devil. (laughs) He's talking to religious people here, isn't he? The devil And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. Not holding to the truth. Not holding to what? The truth. 
for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Does that give you a clue to what's, what's the substance of that roar? It's not just roar. It's, I'm deceiving you. And it's coming at you in a big barrage of force. Have you ever felt a lie like that? It's like, yeah. That's the way sin is. It's, it's like, you just get drawn to it. When you open that door up to it, it, it's, it, as soon as you let that trigger go off in your mind towards it, it, what is it? It's like, roar, come to me, be gratified, right? <laughs> that's, what, that's what God was saying to Cain. Sin is crouching at the door. That sounds like a lion, doesn't it? He says he, that, that lion is right there at the door ready to tell you a lie, that if you open up that door, if you let it come into your mind... He does have teeth. He's going to munch on you. But, what the, but that roar is a lie. Because that's how he communicates. Whenever, ever heard, had, had it said, now you could probably say this about a lot of politicians, right? Uh, how do you know when they're, when they're lying? It's when they're talking, right? Because <laughs> that's how they communicate. They, they lie, right? <laughs> and we need to get this. That that's the way Satan is in our life. Okay. <laughs> All right. His weapons don't have, have to succeed, though. And, and this Isaiah, don't you love Isaiah? Isaiah 54, man, it talks about our families. It talks about being established in righteousness where you can be far from fear and far from terror and all these things, right? Because no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every time, now, is he talking to everybody? You know what I love about God is he goes ahead and says stuff about us before it even looks like it's really happening yet. You know what I mean? He says, you haven't done this yet, but I say this over you. Don't you like to just say that over yourself and say it over your kids? <laughs> this is how you are. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You know, I believe this could, be a, could have been a prophecy about who we've become in Christ also. That this is your status now. No weapon forms against you shall prosper. Now look at what it says. Immediately goes, it goes to a tongue. How are lies told? With tongues. <laughs> Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. What is that coming against you with? What is that condemnation? You know, we've been reading out of Acts. And actually Jesus' trial also. What did they come against him with? Lies. Right? Everything they were accusing Paul of was a lie. He wasn't doing what they said. And what, what demolishes a lie is the truth. This is the heritage of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. So what did it say, though? You shall do it. Your, every tongue that rises against you, every lie that comes against you, who's responsible for condemning it? Who's responsible for it? I am. So he says, no weapon forms against you shall prosper as long as you're condemning that thing. That, that weapon against you is a lie. <laughs> All right. Now, there's, there's physical weapons. There's, but what we're talking here about 
is spiritual. This is much more long, long term, right? If the enemy's weapons are lies, what are ours? And I just gave you a clue in that one, right? If his are lies, what are ours? The truth. You can't handle the truth. That's what we can say to the devil. Right? What's so much greater in me? The truth. Amen? What does our world need right now? It needs some people that aren't afraid to tell the truth. (laughs) That aren't afraid. That don't have to hide behind lies. Amen? What does my family need? My family needs the truth. Okay. So, John 17, 17. So, truth, and I just want to look at, at, at two aspects of this that are within our we can say this is in my, my uh, armory. <laughs> this is in my, my uh, gun closet. It's the word of God. But it's also the spirit of God. Jesus actually said my, my words are spirit and they're truth, right? He said there's power. This is what Jesus used. Remember Satan came against him at the end of the wilderness? What was he coming against him with? Lies. He said, I'm going to do this for you. And and they were lies, weren't they? What was Jesus' immediate response that totally demolished those lies was the word of God, wasn't it? Amen? So John 17, 17. And I, I thought this was cool. What are we in need of? Because I'm talking to y'all, but man, we're all in this same boat ourselves. We've grown up with, we've gotten used to the language of lies. You know, we just saw that, that whenever Satan's talking, he's speaking lies because that's his native language. I'll tell you, I would just propose this to us, that we've gotten used to hearing lies, speaking lies, participating in lies, Right? It's because that's how we've grown up. It's, it's like almost a natural response. And, and we accept lies being, you know, we might get mad about it, but, but what are we doing about it, right? Now, what's, what's cool about this? What is sanctification? That's where you get clean of stuff, right? You get clean of the, of the, of the lies. And John in 17, he's, he's, he's talking to his father about us. And he said, sanctify them. What is that? By your truth. And then it says, your word is truth. <laughs> Why do we get into the word? This is necessary. We have, we're reading out of the word every day. We have a chapter that we're reading every day. It's not enough to just read the word. It's like you, you got to get something from the heart of God out of that. Yes. It's, I want to be sanctified by the word. Yes. I want something out of the word to be to bringing clarity to who God is and to what the truth is. You know, it's, here, here's the thing about, about lies. If that's all you're hearing, you don't even know what the truth is. You can't even see. But, but in the word of God, we have truth being given to us. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you're not... If we're not being exposed to that, if we're not hungry for it, if we're not feeding off it, we're not saying, oh man, how many like eating a good steak? 
this is the wrong time of day to be talking like this, isn't it? It's like, everybody starts salivating, you know, and you're people's. <laughs> Why do you like a good steak? It's because you've had a good steak, right? <laughs> and you want some more. If God's word isn't like that, Jesus said, you know, I'm, I'm the bread of life. There needs to be a hunger. There needs to be a desire for that. Why? Because it is the truth. Doesn't that sound fresh, truth? You know, what really rubs me the wrong way is, is when the liars are saying, you'll know, you'll know the truth and it'll set you free. When they're trying to come up with a different truth. There's only one truth. Amen? Comes from the word. And then let's look at John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, so there's actually a spirit. This is what I want to encourage us with. If the enemy's weapons are lies, what are our weapons? Truth. We have it accessible. We have it within our reach. It's ours all the time. It's the word of God and also the spirit of God. If we'll just yield to the spirit long enough for it to become more familiar to us than some lie that's being told from a spirit of a liar on the outside, it will be able to guide us into truth. Amen? Because here's what happens in those lies that we're hearing from elsewhere. They're guiding us. It's like we talked about sin. What is it doing? It's guiding us. Oh, I got to go follow after that, right? But we have the spirit of truth that's come to live on the inside of us. Man, we have to get revelation of it. We have to start yielding to it. We have to become familiar. It needs to be more common to us than these lies that we're so impressed with. Okay? When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Amen? We have to have the word of God. Because if you just sit around saying, hum and hum and hum, and I wonder what my spirit's saying right now, you're going to get really weird. You have to have the foundation of the word of God. And then from that, the spirit is able to guide you. And he said, the spirit will remind you of everything I've said. It won't come up with anything new, it says. So just sitting around pulling stuff out of the sky, that's not coming from God. <laughs> that's why we have to rely upon the word of God and the spirit of God on the inside. This is why it's so important to be full of the Holy Spirit. If you're not full of the Holy Spirit, that means something else is in there, right? That you can be listening to some other kind of voice. Okay, all right, let's keep going here because I need to get some, some more stuff here. Everybody good this morning? Yeah. Find out about weapons? Yeah. How many want to go shooting? Yeah. All right. All right. Mighty weapons secure every thought in Christ. So 2 Corinthians 10, 4. I'm just going to read through this. For the weapons of our warfare are not, are not physical. So we've been talking about, you know, I talked about the, the German war and everything. What we're talking about right now is a, is a not physical one. We can't. And what, part of what the enemy always wants to make it about is physical. He always wants to make it about something that I'm going through, some lack that I have, some, some and all the time he's, he's, he's telling us a lie. All right, let me not get ahead of myself too much, okay? It's not physical. Weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God 
for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. It's not just enough to, to overcome. We destroy them. There's, there's uh, what do they call it? Um, show them no quarter. What does that mean? You don't make a room for them in your house. Say, I'd like for you just to hang around. Right? No. No, you destroy them. Right? Inasmuch as we refute arguments. So, he said, these are our weapons. And he said, this is what they attack. Arguments. I wonder if God said, huh, I wonder if there really is a God. <laughs> All right, that's not us, but right? We can ask other questions. And theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Being in readiness to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience when your own submission and obedience as a church are fully secured and complete. So two things that, that I saw in this. There's high places and there's strongholds, right? So what are strongholds? They're not necessarily complete domination. There's something that's come in and, be, and built walls up and said, here I am to stay. And we, ha we can have places like that in our own hearts. We've, we've, it's become a, a monument in there. And people even say it's there sometimes, what I'm going through. We can lay claim to it. That's a stronghold. Yeah. Right? And what it needs is the truth of who Christ is. But what is a high place? And I thought about it this way. It's, it's kind of like everybody just believes that. Right? It's just common knowledge, which they're trying to normalize all kinds of, of identities and activities and, and all kinds of stuff. And, and, and it's a high place. Oh, if you don't accept this, something's wrong with you. Because it's above everything else, right? What is that? That's something that goes directly against Christ. So truth is, is actually obedience to Christ. What did Jesus come to do? He came to take care of every lie, everything, every curse, everything that the enemy could defeat us with and to make us more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. That we can do all things in him, right? So any of this other stuff, any of these strongholds, if they exist, they are a lie to the obedience of Christ. Can you see that? There's going to need to be an understanding that I'm going to have to realize that this is just a facade compared to what God has said about me. I'm not trying to get rid of something. This thing has imposed itself on me. <laughs> All right. These weapons we have are, are mighty. What is it? It's going to be the truth. Satan, you're a liar. You say I, have, I don't have enough. I have more than enough in Christ. God provides all my needs according to his riches and glory. So what are you telling me? Am I, am, so what am I going to go with though? And you know whether you're being receptive and opening the door to his weapons and his attacks by what you choose to say and what you choose to do. 
right? It's not a formula. It's like you're not trying to work something. No, this is telling you what you actually believe, right? And whether you're actually using your weapons. You can't shoot yourself and shoot the enemy at the same time, right? I don't know. Maybe it blows up in your hand or something, you know, and the bullet still gets, you know, I don't know. But, but you can't be claiming to be defeated at the same time that you're shooting an arrow. That's good. <laughs> right? Okay, keep with me. Are we good? So here's how you know, okay. <laughs> you know, there's so much of this science fiction stuff now, and they, what do they do? The, the light starts going off and the siren's going, we have a breach, we have a breach, somebody's breached our security, you know? And, and so then they have to go find out. What, how do you know when there's been a breach? Because we, we've been given new life in Christ, we're a brand new creation in Christ, we have been given, given freedom and power over every weapon. Isaiah said that. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. So what happens if, if, a, if, if one of his lies are getting in? There's going to be evidence in, in you. These are almost like little meters you can have. Oh. Oh, so I've allowed a lie to get in. Okay. Can we just go through this real quick? This is wonderful. This is, this is something you cannot, you cannot work on itself. It's a result it's kind of like when you get, when you get uh, stuck with a knife. You don't have to try to bleed. You're just going to bleed, right? <laughs> okay. I don't know if that's a good example, but hey, everybody kind of woke up anyway, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, so it starts off really vile, doesn't it? It's like, oh, that's all those people. Then it gets down to brass tacks, right? Hatred, oh. contentions, jealousies, that ain't so bad. It's a lie, right? Outbursts of wrath, huh. Those are the ones you need to bring to the Guy and El Capé meetings. Those. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's. Let's, let's look at ourselves, okay? <laughs> Selfish ambitions, dissensions, hearsays. That's making up stuff about somebody, right? <laughs> Envy, murders, drunk, well, back to the vile stuff again. Murders, drunkenness, <laughs> revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things goodness this is tough stuff for the grace folk right I'm so grateful for what, what's been given me by grace but you know what I have to access now if I'm going to win over the enemy because the enemy is I still have an adversary and he can still come against me what am I going to do I'm going to have to I'm going to have to say if there's and I'll tell you what our spirits will tell us if there's been a breach <laughs> you know what I mean you can tell. So, so, a lot of times, how easy is it to talk to God right at this moment? How easy it to how easy is it to just enjoy God? You know, when you've let a lie come in, 
<laughs> it's kind of hard to enjoy God at that moment. And like Connor said, it's hard to say in the name of Jesus when you've been acting in the name of the devil, you know, right? So, that's evidence of a breach, okay? Now, there's a lot of other kinds, you know. Like I said, we can just be out of faith. We can not be believing what's ours in Christ, you know? And it's not, it's not to be condemned by it, but it's, it's, a, it's an indication that we can do something about it. It's like when that, that guy breaches our, our house, he might do some damage, but man, what should that do in me? Shouldn't make me just say, lay down and say, hit me some more. No, it makes me go for my gun. Right? I'm going to fight back. But you have to know that he's breached. You have to know that it's time to fight back. And what's at stake, according to what Paul said, is being a part of the kingdom of God. I don't want to miss out on that. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> I want to go to heaven. He's prepared a home for me. I don't want to not show up. You know? <laughs> when truth is one, though, this is what it's going to look like. And you're going to, and this is wonderful. God wants to draw us into a place where we're, when, when Satan comes out against us with something, we hit him with truth. We're full of the Spirit. We proclaim things by the Spirit. And there is something you cannot help but notice when you've shut down that access to the lie. Yeah. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Where do those things come from? When we use our weapons. Amen. When we use our weapons, we're going to immediately get relief from the part that Satan's actually wanting to do. He's wanting to control us. When you get addicted to something, who's the master? You might have given your life to Christ at some point, but he's not the Lord at that time, is he? You got a different Lord going on. And you're going you're gonna to experience the repercussions of that, even though you're on your way to heaven. You're not shouting victory, <laughs> right? There's going to need to be some proclamation out of your mouth. And here's what we have. We have exactly what we need. It'll destroy him. It'll crush, his, it'll crush every one of his weapons. The truth. Amen? We have the truth. And he can't handle it. All right. Using weapons of truth enables new living in Christ. Let me just read through this real quick. This is so awesome. Ephesians 4, 17. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. <laughs> that sounds like, man, oh, no. No, you have to. Okay, you don't get to choose. That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Now, we're mostly Gentiles here, right? <laughs> so he's talking to us. <laughs> we can take this for ourselves also. But he's talking, he was talking to the Jews and the Gentiles that didn't know Christ, he's, who's, who he's referring to, in the futility of their thinking. Man, we just need to understand that if we're not thinking on the truth, it's futile. You're not coming up with something yourself. <laughs> right? They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance. Huh. So it's a lack of being able to think the truth. Ignorant to the truth. Right? 
How many like to be called ignorant? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not calling you ignorant. I like you too much. All right. That is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. So what's happening in the mind when we choose something? It's saying something about our heart. <laughs> right? Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality. What is sensuality? That's where you open the door up to whatever enticement there is, right? So as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are all full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ. What did, happened when you heard about Christ? Something popped into your mind that led you on a path to truth, right? And we're taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. Man, this is talking about truth, isn't it? All that other stuff is lies. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of what? Your minds. Man, I'll tell you something that's so wonderful. We, we've experienced this all, already today, but here's what's wonderful. When we're, when we're basking in the presence of God, when we're savoring the Holy Spirit, something's happening to our mind also. You ever notice that? It's like your mind. It's not going someplace that it used to go. This renewal of the mind isn't just trying to, 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 to force it to think certain things. No, it's, it's a submission to the spirit of truth. Right? right? To be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. What is that? That's somebody that knows how to use their weapons. We are not without the power over the enemy. Amen? But just like America is vulnerable, even though we have all the weapons, we're vulnerable, even though our weapons are far superior to the enemy. We're vulnerable as long as we allow him to come in with his lies. Our real power over him is activated. When we begin to think on these things that are above. Amen? Okay. How many are ready to do that today? There's, there's truth from the word of God that we can... We, let's don't leave here and just say, okay, that was kind of good. Let's be changed. Amen? Say, so I'm not going to allow... I'm going to perceive the source of how I'm feeling at this moment. I'm not just going to follow my, my senses anymore. Now, that can, be, that can be perverted senses, but you know what? It can be senses that have to do with things that we're encountering in life, too. That we allow ourselves to get overcome with anger and with, with, with frustration and all. Those things are, they're contrary to the truth of who we are in Christ. Are they not? They're just as devastating. And what the enemy wants to come in, and he can do this to everybody in a church pew, is to, is to still control us. Amen? If we're not using our weapons of truth. All right. Can we go ahead and get ready? I want to sing a song. How many, there, there's a scripture that, that, that refers to this. It says, be strong in the Lord 
and in the power of his might. Right? Our weapons, they're not, they're not fleshly weapons. They're not carnal. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down strongholds. Amen? So there needs to be, man, let's do this today. Can we be affected by the truth? How many have heard some truth today? Amen? Let's respond to this. And let's, as we sing this song together, let's make this our declaration. I'm not going to fall. I, I'm not going to fall for that deception. I'm not going to fall for those lies. Amen? And I'm going to ha- ask the Holy Spirit, guide me into all truth. You know, we can, get, we, can, we can find some truth in one area and we can feel kind of secure about that while we're still weak in another area. And we need to have the Holy Spirit because, I mean, you, we could probably spend all year talking about what this means. Amen? But we need to, to make this the pattern of our life. God, I'm not going to fall anymore. I'm going to be strong in the Lord. And the power of who I am in Christ, there's a truth to that that I'm not going to let the enemy come in anymore and tell me who I am. Isaiah 26.3, with perfect peace. What is perfect peace? That's the removal of a conflict, isn't it? That's the removal of anybody threatening you with anything, isn't it? Perfect peace. I just got to have some peace. No, it's, it's, it's not something that politically can be achieved. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but God will keep us. That means it doesn't matter what's going on around, does it? It doesn't matter what the storm is. It doesn't matter what the volleys are coming against us. He says, I'm going to keep you there. I'm going to protect you there in that place. If those whose minds cannot be changed... This is going to take practice on our part. We're going to have to become so familiar. And, and, I, and I say this. This is us. Amen? This is who we are. We hold to the truth that we have in Christ. We do not give it up for some stupid lie. Amen? And we walk around and people say, well, you look like you're in some kind of fog. You say, well, I'm just in perfect peace. Because my mind cannot be removed. You're not going to remove my mind and allow it to be occupied and dominated and controlled by some stupid fallacy. Amen? Minds cannot be changed because they what? They trust in you. And I encourage you. I shared some of this last Wednesday on, on trust. And there is so much to trust in God that will allow there to be a, a reception of everything that he is that becomes who we are. Amen? And it completely, this is what we have. This is our power over Satan right now. We don't have to wait for some, we don't have to go somewhere and have somebody lay their hands on us. Deliverance is mine right now. Amen? It's already been provided for me in Christ. I'm not gonna listen to a lie that I, I don't have enough already. I'm already more than a conqueror in him. 